On today's episode, I invited my friend Hala Olson onto the show to talk with us about nutrition. Hala received her Master's of Science from Bastyr University and is a certified nutritionist in the state of Washington. And while our podcast does not focus on nutrition as the only or main way to heal your gut, nutrition is a really important factor. And one of the things that I love the most about Hala is that Hala is a a boss with labs. While she doesn't order labs herself as a nutritionist, she is amazing at reading them due to her background in working in a clinic where she was required to interpret labs. She is an amazing woman. She's bilingual. She speaks both English, which she learned at age 17, and Farsi, which is her first language since she grew up in Iran. She is an amazing woman, and I hope that you really enjoyed listening to her. She has a wealth of stories and personal experience, having personally gone through some major health problems herself, including, get this guys, cancer, autoimmune disorders, and a traumatic brain injury. She has so much compassion and understanding for the human body on a personal level and on a technical level. I hope that today you are both inspired and find some new guidance and ideas ideas on how you can further your health goals. Are you so excited for today's episode? I know I am. Let's get going. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name is Allison Jordan, marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. Thank you for listening to the Better Belly Podcast. Just a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make changes. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, guys. I am so excited today to bring with you my friend, Hala Olson. She has the coolest name. It's like, think like hallelujah. Hala Olson is here to help you with your nutrition. Hala, can you say hello to our friends today? Hi, thank you, Allison, for having me over. And hi, everyone. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. Well, Hala, can you start off by telling us what do you do? Because you actually have a lot of stuff you do. And then who do you do it for? Okay. No, I appreciate it. And I tried to practice my elevator speech, but it might be a little bit more elaborate as I've been repeating it to myself through COVID. So predominantly, or what I decided to first do in a nutshell, I focus on whole body metabolism and the nutrition that actually supports us being alive and functional. That is just very general. But what I actually specialize on there, whether you have a pre-existing illness or you're a healthy person that does not want to get there, uh, what I do with my clients is actually partnering up and working with their body from what their routine is, what their sleep pattern is, what are their eating preferences, 
Are they a big family? Are they a person that it's by themselves? Are they cooking? So X, Y, and Z, bringing all those environmental pieces and kind of marrying it with their health, which is not just one single-sided. Throughout the years, I kind of started the traditional route of, okay, what the body needs and what's the metabolism made of, and was very blessed to be able to take that knowledge and actually expand it through different organ systems. I support the brain. I support the GI food allergies came in. When we started working with the microbiome, I was able to actually get into that. Genetics, sequencing, um, biomarkers, and then kind of going forward and looking at it because I truly believe the body is a whole system. You can't just work on the hands and have something else come to me. My clients very much vary from the ones that have just been born. Um, of course, Aww, working I didn't with their know parents. that. <laughs> They are a little bit scary to me in a sense that they're so cute and so fragile, but I would say their parents are the first clients and then as they grow, but I have, and I'm knocking on with a healthy, healthy, thriving 85-year-old client as of right now that I want to be her. So it kind of varies through the stages of life. Health is not designed for someone who doesn't have it. Or it's a privilege for anyone that wants to seek it. Whoa, whoa. Can you say that again? Actually, I really liked that. Wait, wait. I, I don't even think I could say that again. <laughs> well, you know how we actually, in our fields, we sometimes over-educate ourselves. So I read most places that health is a privilege. And I do understand that. But health is not a privilege that you can purchase by money. Yes, mm. to seek someone, you should have the resources. But I think health is a privilege for a person who wants to seek it. I have had, it's been 18 years of many different grades and growth for me. And I have clients that were very financially resourceful, but the want or need or the direction that they needed to seek was different, was not lined up, or maybe their focus was somewhere else. And I was never able with all the tools and all the things that we could purchase, we could never reach that level of health that we're looking for. And I have students or people that are on food stamp, but they are so determined and they're so focused and they're so they're like a sponge. They take up anything that we lay down that sometimes I actually have a client, a diabetic client that in one year from the worst conditions you can think of, and she really did not know what's happening inside her body, wasn't a neglect. It was really lack of information for her. She turned around something that I medically have not seen happen in 12 months. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> and she made it possible. So that was the privilege. She seeked it. She was asking questions. She was really, really on it. And not to say that the rule of 80-20, it's not like every single day she was delivering it. And actually, she, could you, what's, what's the rule of 80-20 real quick? The rule, uh, rule of 80-20 is remember that you're a human. And all of us are human. If you set yourself for 100% of the time, you're going to get somewhere. If life happens, which life indeed will happen, you're going to get really disappointed or you're going to feel like you did not achieve the goal. Or I don't like the word failure, but a lot of us associate like I failed. In being healthy or seeking health, whether you're ill or not, that is not an option. 100% does not happen. I actually have three pre-existing conditions that kind of makes me me. But no two days are the same. So the 80 is put your intention, everything you can to follow and read what your body says and ask your practitioners and physicians how they can support you and team up with you so that you can reach it. 20% of the time, I actually made a huge Instagram post about it. 
On my birthday, I had one wish. And the reason for that was not because I limit myself. I am currently for COVID in the middle of nowhere. So getting groceries or delicacies really hard. But I wanted a donut and I ate a donut. And guess what? I didn't fall apart. I didn't turn into a pumpkin because that is also a food that if I'm not fearful, granted, I don't have celiac, I don't have X, Y, and Z, but that 20% is when life happens or you just want to not always be in that little definition that your mind has created for you. So I really love and I really respect my clients that do see that sometimes the plans are not going to go well, but it's sure. not. Yeah. And you've probably seen it too, but that's not the reason for them to throw the towel in. There is no throwing a towel in. There is no wagon to be on, so to go off. It's our body. It's our life. It's, I always tell my sister, she's a parent of three. The day that you can take a sick leave from your children, you can fall off the wagon because when we look at it with that destructive or restrictive pattern, we're not going to be easy or kind or compassionate to ourselves. And we need a lot of that particularly right now. Got it. And I've never heard the 80-20 rule used in that way of, I've I've usually heard it different, like 20% of your effort gets you 80% of your results, but it's interesting how, yeah, yeah. So that's, and that's in like business and life. And we talk about the small, like the we, we usually try to get 100% of things right. And we think it has to be 100% right for us to get moving forward closer to our goals, whether that's a revenue goal or a health mm. goal or a relational goal. But the 80-20 rule really says you don't need 100%. Um, and so in your experience, what you're saying is you've seen clients, you know, if they do 80% of that seeking right, like when they're talking to their practitioner and they're altering their meal plans and they're assessing their lifestyle and then 20% of, of our days, like something weird goes wrong. You, you don't take your supplement you were supposed to take, or you don't get to exercise because you're traveling or whatever it is, something just goes off or you do eat that donut and it doesn't just completely tear everything down. It just means exactly. we're just going to keep moving forward. And so, I mean, 80-20 rule in general, as long as it gets us away from the idea that we need to be 100% perfect mm-hmm. to heal, that is so helpful because it's stressful to try to be 100%, right? <laughs> I agree. No, I it totally agree. It can't be good for the metabolism. Well, and metabolism or, I mean, In 2020, I'm hearing a lot about immune system, which I have been talking about immune system with my clients since 18 years ago, not because I was a pioneer. This year, most of us talk about it, but does your immune system take a time off all the other other years? So part of it is, I love what you said, the definition of, or some of the words that breaks my heart, and I'm sure I have used them in my own life at some point or not, cheat days, cheat meals, off days. If we are striving for 100%, and particularly with health, we are bound as human beings to need those cheat days, cheat meals or off days. If you're changing your method, if your whole goal is to never have to struggle with asthma, and there's condition by condition, but in general, like not have mucus in your upper esophagus or not upper intestinal Sorry, I'm totally ruining. Yes, thank you. Yep. Your blood sugar being constantly too low or too high, or your blood pressure being all over the place, not get stress eczema, not have puffy skin, any of those things. It requires there are physicians, there's supplements, there's medications, but what is needed is you. Because all those individuals can tell you all the information. If you're unable to kind of grab that and utilize it the way that you need without needing a day off then how are you going to maintain that throughout their life? I mean, we have done it. Think about a really, really bitter medicine that you have to take. 
as long as you know you have to take it for six weeks, you manage it. But if somebody says this is for the rest of the life, you better yes. come the way that you can make some sort of a notion out of this. Otherwise, you're going to live miserably. And I see that quite a bit. That's when we break ourselves down. That's what we really, really lose that self-confidence. That 20% where life happens, exactly as you said, it kind of staggers the progress or success that the person and success meaning being able to feel empowered, not like success for me is different from you. And it's financially, physically, business wise would be very different. But if that cheat day made you feel that you're back in square one, I'm here to actually show you in your blood data that no, actually for any other day, you need a couple of days and a couple of weeks to have a change in your body, but your mindset is so shut off and you feel like you failed, that you're not good enough, all the other baggages that comes with it, that you stop the progress that you started. That, and I jokingly tell my clients this, two ways I know how to lose or gain 10 pounds. The first one is cut (laughs) off one of your limbs. It happens really quick. And the second one is if you were in a cartoon, Pink Panther, just drink a ton of water and have it go to your weight. Body doesn't change overnight. Usually when we notice that what we want to change is been accumulating over the years. So to want it to be gone tomorrow, it's unreasonable expectation we put on ourselves and we can drive ourselves crazy. So I know I went on a tangent, but <laughs> I love it when people really hold on to reality. They really change. And when life happens, they know they're not back in square one. They just know they're five hours away from making the next step back into their routine. So that's kind of my spiel on it, but I love it. (laughs) I kind of preach it and my clients are like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. They know it so well and I repeat it so many times that they start believing that, no, this is not a bad thing. It's just a thing. When you get into a pothole, is your car going to fall apart? No, you might need an alignment, but you don't need to go buy a new car. That 20% are the potholes on the road. And if anybody lives in Michigan or anywhere else. (laughs) Right, right. Which is where we're recording this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And construction is a season. Then, you know, potholes are a lot of them are there, but you learn how to maneuver around them and get a great alignment. That's great. Well, Paula, one thing I think we haven't even done yet a hundred percent is tell people what you do. And then I'm also interested, could you tell us what your education is? Like, because you have a lot of educational background for someone in your line of work. Well, thank you for saying that. It was a case of not knowing, can I do the next one? So I started my undergrad um, specializing in herbal sciences and that kind of turned into, I, I wanted to be a naturopathic physician. That changed quite a bit. My history or my compassion for medical world goes actually to the time that my grandfather got really ill um, with cancer and he was given five months and he lived very, very strongly for five years. He passed away from cold. So his medical team, which had a nutritionist, a therapist, different integrative medications, surgeons, oncologists, they really inspired me to be able to give that time back to the families. Um, Mm. Except I am not really good with uh, needles. So (laughs) when I was in school, I actually, for summer, for fun, took one uh, therapeutic cooking class. And that actually began my nutrition career. My first exposure and my first expertise was constituents. I am a biochemist by nature and I really like to know that this does this in the body and then what Mm. do I get out of it? And that's actually what I utilize as a modality for my clients when I'm seeking inflammation, not seeking or chasing it. 
So, um, and you chase that mainly through nutrition, correct? Yes, actually. Yes. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I have so many colleagues, like individual entities that I like to work with. I don't have necessarily, actually not necessarily, I don't sell anything, but I like to teach people that if you're thinking that you didn't take your vitamin C and therefore, so all is out. No, no, no. You have ways in things that are in your kitchen to be able to bring that back. And once people understand that benefit or the need, they actually become, they become so accountable. And then the supplements and the medication can really, really help. So it started when they're the eating thought. the right foods. Exactly. Or eating the right food and combining it with the right time and actually bringing the other aspects in it. I know I have been that person that eaten a lot of good quality, supportive, nourishing food, but the predisposition of my gut was at the point that I was malnourished for more than yes. without knowing. So Yes. And um, that's actually something that a lot of our listeners struggle with is they're already eating a healthy diet and mm-hmm. but then they're they still feel sluggish and slow and and even their blood tests or tests they might take might say that they are nutrient deficient. I'm curious how you work with your clients, but for me it's we're looking at leaky gut and we're looking at the mucosal barrier and we're looking at are there pathogens in the gut that are taking away from our ability to absorb nutrients and so well, I already you said deal that, with that a million times. I love, <laughs> I love how you are and who you are as a practitioner because you're very unique. I honestly do not know many of you, maybe just one and then you in the entire time. So you're very complimentary because that's exactly it. Um, with a combination, someone like you or a physician, when I can actually test for those things that are, or I love it, you actually do this in your practice, that you help people kind of like, here's your homework. This is what your body's saying. So now let's take it from point one and answer it. So for me, it's a similar pattern, except it starts with, so from that part, I studied therapeutic soy because I wanted to understand the biochemistry. Therapeutic the what? Therapeutic cookings. Cooking, therapeutic cooking. Um, so modalities that preserve the nutrients in the food, therefore, when you consume it, you're actually getting something. Got it. Um, for instance, one of the crazy things like turmeric, it's talked about a lot. Curcumin is the active constituents, but how you cook it and what food you eat it, when you eat it, what conditions can support it. People I see that take a lot of turmeric not knowing that not all the turmerics are the same. Actually, sometimes body can't absorb turmeric. The curcumin is needed. It needs you know a little friend or vehicle to take it, X, Y, and Z. And there's certain times of the day because of your biology, your body feels very burdened by what you have given it versus mm. if you just give it five hours earlier, it's like, oh, thank you. I will be able to utilize it. So that was the first piece of my education of those wow. nitty gritty stuff and why. Um, then I came out and decided for my master's and it's supposed to be one, but then somehow spun to two. How do I get this information? And actually, how do I apply it to a real examples in a day? Because I was more like a biochemist. I could talk to someone, I could teach someone in a lab, but I really wanted the human contact because I have always liked the community and giving back to the community. So when I went back to school for my grad school, I started with specializing in human metabolism, actually talking about the whole GI from the mouth all the way to the end of the a large intestine, but then specifically with the focus on autoimmune disorders, which there are a whole variety of names that yeah. goes under and the GI falls under it, um, diabetes and cardiovascular. That was in the school. And then when I came out, uh, as luck have it, I actually worked with a genetics company. I was able to actually get trained and be able to, once people do their DNA, associate and know, learn about their genes and know what genes 
express what. And I then got educated and got certificates in biomarkers, which you do that as well, and be able to put the gene and biomarkers together. And I'm like, okay, this was a real conversation that happened last Wednesday. A client of mine has a hard time with methylation. And for those of us that are not in, this is a jibber jabber. <laughs> Please <but>. tell us. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but I just want to, simple, easy, actionable words. Methylation is a process that happens in many parts of your body. Technically, it grabs a raw or unactivated form of something, for the lack of a better word, and makes it active. So then you can actually utilize it in so many different parts. One of the main pieces that I was looking with this client is he's very prone for anxiety and depression, but also energy is nowhere to be found. His physician done the DNA test and we realized, so just like a light switch in our DNA, and this is a lot of going crazy, but these are my bread and butter. You usually need to have two something, we call it allele. It's kind of like a light switch. You want them to be on or off, but sometimes they can be on or they can be off. Uh, and, so, and, and you're actually, so the, cause people will only hear this. So you've got two light switches and yes. need them to either be both down and off or both up and on, but sometimes one will be on and one will be off, be off. or like the other one will be off and then the other one will be on. And then you're not, you're not getting progress, right? Exactly. Or okay. you're doing half the job. I mean, when they're both off, depending on what it is, you might be really in big world of trouble, but in uh-huh. like, in a case of cancer, Lucky you, you do not have that. But again, this is very generalized. In the case of my client, one of the downside was one of the most needed genes, the expression of it is very, it's it's actually detrimental. It's not critical, it's detrimental. Okay. One of his genes was not expressing. So he only gets half of the juice to do everything in a day in his body. And we didn't know that. Like he's been taking vitamins and they're working sometimes. And the downside, like this conversation happened. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's call him John. John, you've been taking vitamins and you notice nothing. And he needed it. He was very, very, um, he needed all those. And But yeah. we would give it to him and then we would not see it in his body. Well, turns out, particularly for the B vitamins, one of the things that he will forever need going forward till our information and knowledge grows is... He needs to take it in a methylated form. His body was unable to activate his B vitamins. So it's, it's been a journey to kind of understand that, but that's the most complex part of the, I would say, recent work the past 10 to 11 years I'm doing. But as luck have it, again, being in the right place at the right time, I got really interested in working with human brain. Because huh. the connection between the yeah. gut that I've been doing for a long time and the brain just felt like I need to learn more about it other than, oh, here's what goes in from the gut to the brain. So to answer the very long question, it's a journey. And I'm hoping that I would have many more chances to actually add on to my collection. But so I technically graduate school with four degrees and... <laughs> You never stop being a student of life. and it would I mean, be especially you, Hala. <laughs> oh, thank you. I wanted to be a forever student. So I applied and I think uh, that has so far, it just, it's just um, the recently the student part of it is like, okay, I, I need to put more time into it. I've been in a more practitioner mode than a student mode. Yeah. And I like to bring that back. So, but all of us do that. You do that. You put actually, sorry that I'm bringing this, but that ah, was so inspiring to me. As a woman, as a business owner, as a practitioner, as many different, as a human, you really took the coronavirus 
pandemic and you inspired yourself, you kept yourself motivated and you actually added to your knowledge. I was really impressed. You totally, when people, this is not a judgment, when majority of us were so worried, what's going to be the next step? You're like, I have no idea what the next step would be, but I'm going to seek this and you add it to your, and you're doing great. So to the point, I don't think you're that far behind me, if not ahead of me right now. So, <laughs> Oh, thanks, Hala. Well, I mean, that was one of the reasons, though, just all your education and everything you said just now um, is one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the podcast that mm-hmm. I think some of our listeners may or may not have heard of methylation. I think we're more familiar with the term bioavailable. Could you now, um, and I'm not even sure, would you say is bioavailable pretty different than meth, like, because methylated is something you can actually look for methylated you know, B vitamins on a bottle, that's different than bioavailable B vitamins, right? You said it, yes, you said it correctly. And But our listeners would find, be very interested in this. And I would love to have like, this is a part of ask and pick my brain apart. From the field that I'm coming about or in my line of work, process of something that is methylated is also bioavailable, but not everything that is bioavailable needs to be methylated. I don't know if that's confusing. So yes, it's to a better word, anything in our body that needs to be utilized needs to become bio available. And the bio goes by the biology, by the whole system of being able to take that energy in. But methylation is a form of bioavailability. And it actually, for the B vitamins, uh, so just because, and I always say, and I've seen that with a couple of companies, they have used it interchangeably, but I don't think it's the right justice to utilize it interchangeably. But yes, if something is methylated, more often than not, it's bioavailable. But because it's bioavailable, that doesn't mean it needs to be methylated. Okay. That's potentially because what you're saying is some vitamins don't ever get or some minerals or whatever we're absorbing don't get methylated. It's not a step thing. Correct. Like, yes, like your your vitamin D, for example, I mean, I, I know there's so many experts out there. So please know, always, always consult with your physician. But as a nutritionist talking to you, like your vitamin D is another form that you have a deactivated or not a bioavailable format under your skin. We call it D2. But through the sunlight or some other changes, it actually becomes bioavailable and changes format to D3. So depending on, and if you have a lab test or your physician has done it, majority of the physicians actually look to see, is your D3 in your blood test adequate? Very seldom they need to look at D2 certain conditions, like if you have a bone disease or autoimmune disease, we look at that, but that's the definition of it doesn't need to be methylated to become bioactive, but it still needs certain entities or reactions to happen to it versus in our B vitamins, particularly folate and B12. If they want to become bioavailable, they definitely have to go through the methylation process. Okay. And that's, I mean, a great reason to work with someone like you who would know how to ask all those questions. And it's an area that I don't personally dive in as deeply, but you can see why someone who's going through a health journey, if they said that, well, I've already talked to my, you know, MD, or I've already gone to a gastroenterologist, or I already do yoga, there's still some more things that we can do and think about of why are we experiencing fatigue, foggy headedness, bloating, um, you know, with this climate, with anxiety and depression, and just realizing like, 
it might not be that your counselor is bad or whatever you're doing to help with the perhaps the anxiety and fatigue. And so there could be just some other nuances going on. And in my practice, I actually call them vital voids looking for like the, you know, it's like looking at a big puzzle and maybe most of the puzzles there, but it's our job as practitioners to help someone find the little holes and say, Oh, and I know what puzzle piece fits it perfectly and not just cramming some other puzzle piece and be like fit. Yes. No. Which, you know, time, I would say a lot of us, and that's, that's a common thing that we have done to undo certain things we have learned as a collective. I read a book and I know it's not relevant to nutrition, but some of the words has always stayed with me. Hmm. Uh, the word collective, because as a human beings, we are collective, but there is actually this message like a child grows up or a girl or a boy grows up and they don't have to actually have a traditional family, but certain things become such a knowledge to them. And we always think about like, how do you know that? I ask my nephew sometimes like, where did you learn that? Particularly when he was not watching any TV. So as a community, as an unspoken collective, we have rules that are banned down. So our expectations, we always go, I have a client that actually came to me and I love how you actually said it, that the analogy or the visualization (laughs) of pushing that puzzle to go in, you said it beautifully. And if it's okay, I'm going to utilize it. Use it again, please do. But she was so um, disappointed. She's been working with a couple of really phenomenal practitioners and physicians, but with not much of a success. And to your point, it exactly came down to, I mean, I honestly looked at it and I said, I don't know exactly what could be wrong, but you have your visit with your physician. Would you be willing to connect us? And I would ask for certain tests. This is a blood test. It's going through it. You're doing that. Can we look at this? And when it came back, it was two parameters that if I didn't know what to put next to each other, all the physicians, all the practitioners were giving her the right information. What was missing was that link. There was a little bit of red flag here and a red bit of red flag in a complete different test. But do both of those actually spoke. And when you put them together, you're like, that's what you're seeking. So I love wow. it. Wow. What uh, was the, do you remember what was the, what was the thing that she ended up having to do or what was the test saying? Is it, so, is it easy to describe? Yes. I'm so actually, curious. Yes. It actually goes to your uh, expertise, which I like to say that as a nutritionist, somewhat I support the, so it turned out to be, she didn't have that much of a, um, her, I'm going to throw some words out there. So her overall inflammation marker, her CRP wasn't that high, but it was borderline high. But what was it that actually gave us, she did a test called GI mapping. Yep. And, yep. and you know, there's different names for it in different parts. So you actually look and see what is going out in your bowels that should be actually in your blood and you're missing. Yes. And she never had undigested food. She never had like her blood samples, her urine samples, her, um, you know, stool samples were all fine. Except we started looking for... Um, Water-soluble vitamins are usually the one that you can find more traces of. But we noticed her vitamin A was not low, but it was a ton of it in her stool. And she was taking a lot of it, which uh-huh. this is a fat-soluble um, vitamin. If you find a high volumes of it somewhere, you are more prone to have toxicity. But also, why is it, why is it nobody touching it? So that actually kind of brought us, and she did an endoscopy. There was no necessarily big parts, but we decided with one of her physicians, okay, we're going to treat her for leaky gut syndrome. Yeah. And we're going to bring the food. We're going to teach her about the modalities. Um, her physician was supporting her with the 
supplemental. And I think she ended up using an anti-inflammatory medication for a short period of time. And for my end, it was the all the bring the L-glutamine and making sure that she yeah. was animal product eater. So we did a lot of bone broth and I kind of taught her how she can cook her food and what times and what discrepancy we work with her blood sugar regulation. So all that, her body wasn't getting too much food or too little food. And slowly in, it was three months process for the first time we see it. I mean, vitamin A is vital, but also she was taking Fistful is a wrong because it was a liquid form, but she was taking so much of it and her liver could have been very much in danger. Oh, and wow. her liver enzymes were just fine, but just a little bit high. So by the end of it, when we put all of it together, she had a low grade systemic inflammation for many, many years. Right. And when that went away, she actually noticed that she doesn't have a brain fog that she didn't know that she had. Yes. She had a really bad test uh, taste, which is associated with too much of a high fat soluble, some of them, uh, vitamins in there, that was gone. She actually noticed that she had um, dry mouth for a long time and now she had adequate saliva. Like so many things, when her gut started healing, she noticed that was a problem that she didn't even know to bring it up. So when yes. you're not talking about it, and we're talking about traditional appointments uh, versus kind of like practitioner appointments. This is not to say my own life, I am grateful to every MD, ND, acupuncturist, craniosacral, like my <laughs> world and being here is because of all the modalities that we're willing to play together. But sometimes when you're going to a physician and you have 10 to 15 minutes, if you don't know the symptom, the physician will not catch that. Their goal is to actually get you well and make sure that the immediate symptom is responded versus someone like me, someone like you, when we have an hour, hour and a half yes. hands-on or in person, and then you kind of go with your own pace. You can dig and dig. I can't tell you over the weekend, I've gone over like 18 laps for my clients, not because anybody forced me to. It's because I'm like, I can read a book or I can read labs. <laughs> it was like, who? And I actually, it helped. It really helped two of my clients, something that it was right in front of me. I'm like, oh, look at this. We have a little bit of spike of white blood cells. And I just didn't even think about it. So Long story short, she's doing so much better, but that was like everybody. And she had such a great team because I talked to many of mm. them to try to find that. It was just like, we are those weird links, I think sometimes that you're like, I think and think. And we did it with food and mostly supporting her water. Like one of the biggest things that I think you talk to your client quite a bit. Yes, we manipulate you and, and not in a bad way. Like reteach your body where it should be in particular in your many of the hats that you wear. Right. If anybody's new to listening to this, she's referring to me, that at the fact that I do something called craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, which is working <laughs> to improve the tissue around our nervous system. So the brain and the spinal cord and the bones and the meninges around it, but then also the tissue around our organs. So fascia and ligaments. So helping those function better is what, what Hall is referring yeah, sorry, to there. Manipulation without background, you're like, what do you mean you're manipulating? Yeah, yeah. Exactly what you do and and there's and we can go back. There's another episode. Um, it should be episode five. If you go back and look at it, we talk more about there. But yeah, you can continue going, Hala. No, I love it. And I, that was one of the first conversations when I was the other half of the world. And I said, I really love what you do. So maybe individuals like us, depending or regardless of what we are, I know a couple of really amazing acupuncturists that are those in-betweeners. I call us the tweeners because you have the ability of to look at it. And if you have a good team of other people that you can actually investigate, that's where the answer comes in. Um, last year in 
and I think you and I talked about it, this was an experience I really never want to have again. Last year in June, I was in a fender bender that I didn't think anything of. And for three months, I couldn't hear, I couldn't see, and I have lost my <gasps> deaf perception. So I didn't know that. It was a really crummy brain injury from a whiplash. Like I didn't hit anything, but it was enough to actually give me a couple of contusions and, wow. and massive concussion, which... Unfortunately, the hospital, they did let me know and every precaution was taken. It were really good, but they did let me know that I had a whiplash. But within 48 hours, my concussion begun and nobody really checked me after that. So when you and I met, the person who actually put, I don't remember much about the September of last year. And when I would say your W, a practitioner who's no longer practicing, was able to move my central nervous system back into its place, which she described that, and I probably am butchering this, and that's the value of, I'm a nutritionist. I wasn't even able to think to know what modality I needed to do. Needless to say, at those points, particularly if you're doing something, find the next best person and give yourself to them because you should not self-diagnose. But she put, yes, she- I totally agree with that. I actually, I mean, I think for our listeners, like, um, knowing that I hope it's actually encouraging for them to hear that because I know when I was going through all of my gut problems that I wasn't an expert at that point and I wanted to self-diagnose. I wanted to go find a blog and figure out, do I have candida? Do I have, like, I looked at everything and, uh, but I have learned that even now, now that I know even more, I, if I'm really struggling with something, I don't care if it's a shoulder injury or something in my gut. I mean, I can take what I do know and try to help myself, but if it's persistent, I find someone else. I mean, you really just need a second set of eyes on it. It's like finding an editor for your... for your paper before you hand it in to your your professor. You know, you really just want a second pair of eyes. And this is so easy. I mean, maybe this is bad to say, I'm a woman, so I don't know how to be a man. And I can't know exactly what a man feels. But for us, because we're multitasker, sometimes it feels like, and with the knowledge on top of it, you're like, no, I can figure this out. My autoimmune disorder, I mean, I specialize in autoimmune disorder before I knew I had autoimmune disorder. I have something called gastroparesis, which is really rare. And I did not sign up for it. This is not like, oh, it was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to deal with it. I actually had two nutritionists, two of my really good colleagues to help me out because I did not know anything that I could, because your, your view of yourself becomes skewed. In 2018, I had to go through the very early stages of breast cancer. And with that, like my first 70% of my clients, when I started my career was cancer patients. I am devoted. Like I close my eyes and I will tell you all about it. Like this is what I am. It's not what I do. And I could not even remember. I remember sitting on a couch going like, okay, what, what is breast cancer? Like which organ am I talking about? Like this is after my oncologist, it's in my own body. And I couldn't remember like, okay, am I thinking about lymph? And I had to stop myself. So when the brain injury happened and I realized actually I missed a couple of appointments, um, like uh, personalized appointments because I couldn't actually work. And somebody said, Holland, do you not realize that we met? I had no idea I met with this individual. Mm-hmm. It was that bad. So yes, to your point, I love that we have technology at our fingertip and being able to search something is so busy and so easy. And sometimes we think like, well, it doesn't cost. I have to go see Holla or Ellison and that might be a financial cost. I tell my clients, my goal is not to bleed you every cent. My goal is that you learn 
who you are and your body chemistry. And if I'm deleted from life or you decide to move to the moon, you be able to read your body and have that trust that you know the basics versus going like, okay, let me go look at it online. And again, not to say I, I, for all the years of being that, I'm sure I have looked things online, but there's <laughs> a place and a time for it. So I had to three times in my life, and I'm hoping there is not a four because unless I'm a cat, I'm all out of <laughs> budget for life tokens. Aww. So do it does, not because I'm a practitioner, but I have had, and I'm sure, um, Allison, in your career, you have done that. I've done a lot of, if you find the right practitioner and you're really motivated, I have even done pro bono work for someone for a long period of time because once they were better, what goes around comes around. I really believe in that. So don't be afraid to not self-diagnose, particularly if something is persistent. What you invest is, yes, it seems like you're paying someone else, but instead of, it took me 15 years to figure out I have an autoimmune disorder. I was diagnosed at Will Holler, you're a nutritionist. It's so bad that your weight is so high. And I like to share those photos with everyone. I don't like it before and after. I'm like, I was a nutritionist with the brain, with the education when I was at 200 pounds. I am a nutritionist. I have a brain. I'm still that quirky and weird sense of humor at the lower weight. My weight doesn't define me, but mm. what my weight low and high, when I was diagnosed with auto, um, with the gastroparesis, I'm five nine. To put it how scary it was, I was 117. For six months, I had a hard monitor and my license, uh, driving's license was revoked. But I was getting a lot of compliments. Oh my God, you finally shed the weight. Yeah. Yes, I also possibly could die at any minute. So I'm bringing so many concepts in, but I had good support of practitioners who pulled me out of that. And you know, you go through a ton of different things. And I have seen my clients, I work with eating disorder. I've worked with really bad diabetes. I work with stage four cancer. I work with renal disease. I've seen people going through it. But once I sat in that chair, I realized, hmm, I either surround myself with people that will support me and I will be out of this, or I'm in this forever. And for autoimmune disorder, we don't have a cure. We have management. I have had two reoccurrences since 2015, and that's it. Um, the occurrences of the gastroparesis? Uh, I guess, it, yes, my flare-up, or yeah. what we call it a flare-up, which is, yep. I don't wish it on anyone. But <laughs> past that, so, and to your point, it wasn't until last year that I met the person that is somewhat doing similar things to you. I have had 11 diagnosed shingles episodes. Wow. I am still under, slightly under 40. My first one was at the age 20. Um, that should tell you that I have not really stood by my immune system. Yes, I have had chicken pox, but also I have created that one. Till I really decided last year, I'm like, that's it. No more shingles. I would get it twice a year, June and December. I am knocking on wood and anything I can. I have not had shingles with 2020 with the way it has been once. That is amazing. <laughs> and do you, what would you attribute that most too. So a lot of different things. I really had to, I really had to pull the plug on certain things. Like I always talk about meditation and um, yoga. There's so many things you can do, but there's predispositions. I actually seeked correct individual who said, Holla, Tai Chi is good for you, but not really here. And you know, hot yoga is a phenomenal, but you actually need really slow very stretched like yoga. Like I, I actually started seeking individuals. The craniosacral um, practitioner 
she actually worked with me with the breathing techniques because when I was breathing, I knew it. My breath was stuck in my esophagus. For those of you that who can't see, I was breathing as if a bear was attacking me every single minute of the day. Right. And Instead so you, were of, breathing, you weren't sending breath into your belly. Exactly. And actually, could I, could I say yeah, something yeah. about that? So I work with lots of people with acid reflux and gastroparesis. It's actually one of the most common things that I see with people. And very, very commonly when I get these people who are having acid and their stomach's not emptying and they're feeling quick feelings of fullness, which they don't even realize is a part of having a GI disorder. If you feel hungry, but then you try to eat and then you feel either nauseated or full really quickly, uh, talk to someone. I'm sure Holly, yes. you know about it. Talk to Holly. No, but you. But, no, as a nutritionist, I'll send them to you because oh, okay, that's great. what changed well, the whole right. And they don't, and that, that diaphragm stops descending and our stomach has a hole that comes like where our esophagus comes through the hole of a diaphragm and creates the stomach. So the stomach's right under the diaphragm. So when we breathe, it pumps the stomach. Mm -hmm. And if we don't breathe or if the diaphragm, it can become inflexible. It can be Come frozen as a muscle, it impacts mm -hmm. our liver, it impacts our stomach, it impacts the actually the pressure system of our abdomen, mm -hmm. um, as well as the pressure system of our thorax, where our lungs are. And that's going to affect your vagus nerve and your phrenic nerve and, and tell your body, am I safe? Am I not safe? And then of course, if you're peristalsis, um, which is which some of our listeners, if they've been listening to the podcast, have heard of um, peristalsis, then it slows down in the stomach because it's in fight and flight mode. So when you say that, I have never not seen it. If someone comes in and they're, they're seeing me for acid reflux or for gastroparesis, I'm like, we are breathing. <laughs> no, and I love that you said that because I get the other part of it because due to that, and you see that when you don't do all the stuff that Allison said, you are either not allowing the food to enter your system yes, or, you know, at, at the time that it actually is not happening, have to eat larger volumes, which in the middle of a flare up, you can't like one of the issues was no. my food. Yeah. For gastroparesis. In, yeah. Yes. Gastroparesis in and particular. In your point. So I have seen people, they come in there like I am, and, and I will be very honest, like majority of individuals come to me, even if they say I have acid reflux, then we kind of talk about it and weight is somewhere on their mind. This is not a shaming, but this is just a part of the world. And I don't specialize in that. I say weight is always a symptoms, but for myself. Well, yeah. If you're overweight, it's a symptom. Exactly. Yes. Actually, I, I agree with that. If you're a listener, um, uh -huh. that, that is something that I, I saw all the time. You, you deal with everything else going on in the body weight just comes off. So it's a symptom. Totally. Exactly. I just wanted to, to hang on to that real quick. But but the, keep going. And then I love that because the part of it is the brain is involved in it too. So the 10 years before I was diagnosed and actually I call it the breaking the dam because my, my weight was that high because actually I was malnourished, but nobody was paying attention to it. And my body literally, so my episode was triggered by a really high stress, a very, very high stress. And normally a lot of us, people are like, no, I had an easy life. I actually let, let them tell the story. And I'm like, and you don't think that was significant? So not because this is like, oh yes, my life has been bad to me. You have to realize something has happened to your body and your body keeps score. There is so many times it will work for you. And then one day it's like, I'm out. And that was the day that I lost mm. 20 pounds in three weeks. And for those of you that they're like, oh, that's amazing. No, that was not water weight. That was my muscle mass. My heart is also muscle. I started 
cannibalizing my own body and not me eating it, but my body started eating itself because to the point of Alison brought the malnutrition has gone up. There is body's going to break itself apart. And the mental fog, the, the depression, the anxiety. I remember actually, if I woke up and if I slept, that's a different part. But if I woke up in the middle of the night, my brain had so many chatters and I work with that. I get to see the symptoms, but unless you heal parts, all parts of underlining, I can tell you that, I mean, I have people that are phenomenal, intuitive um, eaters, but they're not ready to work that underneath. Like I talk about cortisol all the time. I talk about having practitioners. I talk about chiropractor, uh, you know, manipulations and acupuncture. Like all of us come together. Each of us are a slice of a pie, but I love it. This is so personal for me. Sorry, I'm bringing it up, but it becomes an issue. And then we feel like we're not getting where we want to get. Well, what are you looking at? When you look at a symptom as a problem, symptom is not a problem. Symptom is telling you there is a problem. But whenever, whatever it is, like I had a client that kept saying, I have this problem with my fingers. It's tingling. Tingling is not the problem. Tingling was the symptom. And this was a very quick one because I said, and this person was eating so beautifully, so managed, but many, many, she's in a sales um, world. So before this five months, she actually ate once a day because it also helped with her weight. Well, guess what? Her, there is a biomarker in your body that's very important. It's called hemoglobin A1C. That just tells you the past 90 days where your blood sugar has been. You like to keep it, let's call it under six, but 5.7. And then somewhere between the 4.6. These are kind of numbers you don't need to remember. She had an 11 so that you know how far it was. Wow. Didn't have a heart attack was incredible. But and that's from eating one day a week or one one time a day. Yeah, one time, one a, day. time a day. And she was eating salmon, she had vegetables, she had a very balanced meal, but she had a larger meal. It was at the nighttime. And then she would have coffee throughout the day. Really high quality coffee, making sure there's no pesticides. She was hydrating, but one meal a day. That was her pattern up to five months before I met her. Wow. And her whole body, like that was a tangled mess that she did an incredible job. She still is working through her journey, but the repercussions that has come from that is we're going to have a few more months. This is going to be a kind of a lifelong relationship. And I tell my clients, my goal is not to have you here, but I am so happy to say I have clients from 10 years ago that they are healthy, but because they are where they're at, they're like, they show up every once a month, every once every two months, like clockwork. Like we don't want to go back there and checking. Sure. With you, it keeps me accountable with making sure that I'm not, because it's easy for us. Once the necessity uh, or the pain or the discomfort goes away, I being one of it, sometimes if it's not a second nature behavior for us, it's easy to be replaced, particularly days and times in our life with something else. Yeah. Um, well, Hala, gosh, I mean, I... I personally am looking forward to re-listening to our conversation. You are such a wealth of knowledge and you you walk the talk. Like you have lived more more illnesses than you would once <laughs> anybody experience as you said, but you really have experienced personally what it's like to be sick and you you have your before, you had your knowledge, you've had your after, all of your education and you really have that inner body experience of what it feels like to be sick and a lot of compassion clearly with your clients. So 
I'm sure that there is somebody who's listening who would love to connect with you. And so where can we find you online? And if someone wants to work with you, how could they work with you further? Alison, you're really kind and I'm honored to be in the field that I am. So if I can add from my personal experience to kind of help someone go through it, I, I really have fulfilled my life goal. But uh, to get a hold of me, so you can actually directly go to my website, which is www.honunutrition. It's H-O-N-U and the word nutrition.com. And a little tidbit, Honu stands for a sea turtle. And in a Hawaiian culture, um, sea turtles were in the past, well, actually in a lot of uh, old tradition, Sea turtle is a symbol of navigation. If you leave them anywhere in the world, they're always able to find their birthplace. So I like to utilize that analogy as let's come back to our body. You can also find me uh, through my Instagram, which is Honu Nutrition in one word. Um, you know, on my, both of the places you can actually, there's a link that you can kind of put and I offer 20 minute free consultation. So I really highly encourage you. You don't have to jump into an appointment. Test me out. See if we're a good cup of tea. And then those are the two places currently that I'm active and you can find me to, you know, connect and ask any questions, DM me, text me. And also I am, well, I'm no longer Washington based, but my number is Washington based, but you can also email me at Hala, H-A-L-E-H at Honu Nutrition. And um, you can get a hold of me, area code 425-442-5209. All that information is on Instagram and my uh, website as well. That is awesome. And I love your little, your little sea turtle thing. Another thing that I do want our listeners to know if they're listening to this, you are fluent in another language, correct? <laughs> you are very kind. Yes. So that's where the accent comes in. I actually was born in Iran and Farsi is my, the first language I learned and English is the second language I learned at the age 17. So, but I, I lived so many different places and my ears and my accent is kind of a mess, but thank you. These days, um, I actually don't know some days of the week. I don't know what language I'm talking. <laughs> the dog looks at me and goes like, I think we're going for a walk, but I'm just going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. So yes, for our listeners, if you know anyone who feels more at home speaking Farsi, uh, I mean, I love, I've actually referred someone to yes. you who was messaged me and spoke far and, and, uh, and I looked at her and, and she's like, I'm sorry, my English is a little broken. And I was like, what language do you speak? Mm-hmm. And she said Farsi. And I said, you need to talk that to my brother. Yes. So, I mean, just huge because not everyone in the world speaks English, Hala. Like, yes. And I actually speak in between as well. I don't know what that is, but just because <laughs> I was older learning English, I would say I really appreciate you were you were amazing to that client. Thank you. Well, I know you have one resource that is available now if clients just want to get something from you. What is this? Can you tell us about this resource and where people can find it? So right now, and then it will actually move on to the Instagram as well. On the website, under resources, there are a couple of gems that you can actually utilize. I like to accumulate book recommendations or actually one of the things I have been doing during the COVID time is so many of us are getting fatigued from cooking. So I have put together couple of recipes. It can be specific to the condition that you have, or it can be a generalized and they're all labeled, but that is available. And I'm going to constantly put things in there, but you don't have to, even if you didn't want to say, you know, have a session, you wanted to just come by and say, hi, check out the underhonunutrition.com, check out the tab for resources, and you will see all the things that are all the goodies that would be available to you. 
Yes. So that is honunutrition.com slash resources. And we will also have that link in the show notes. Well, awesome. Holly, it was so amazing to be here with you. I'm sure you've given our listeners lots to think about, about methylation and even about other ways to be healthy other than eating clean and eating, you know, right portion meals. We've talked about breath work. We've talked about, I already said methylation, but again, you know, just like our ability to absorb certain things and that, yeah, it's, it is amazing to work with multiple people to get their eyes on your body. And really there are answers for things and you're, you're living testament to that, Hala, an answer for our, some of the hard illnesses we can come across and still live really vibrant lives. So thank you so much for being here with us, Hala. I really appreciate it, Alice. And honestly, just being able to have someone like you in my life, not just personally, but you know, as a practitioner, we are stronger by the people that we surround ourselves and our, our success stories are our client success stories. So thank you for the listeners letting me go on about the, all the things. There's so much mystery to the body and I would never claim that I know it, but with you know, collaborative work with people like yourself, Allison, who are just very, very motivated to seek that help for everyone that walks through your door. I'm happy to be a little bit of a tiny resource in this corner. And um, thank you for having me on this show and giving this time. You're welcome. See you, Hala. Thanks. Good. Bye-bye. If you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. Subscribe so you never miss a beat. And if you love this episode, take a screenshot and share it with a friend. I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist that they say, oh, my friend or family, sister, niece needs you. So send that friend a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways you can stay connected in the conversation is by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Better Belly Therapies. We love connecting with our listeners, and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. We'd love to hear what you thought of the episode and see what any of your major takeaways were. And in the meantime, I'll leave you with my favorite quote. Miracles are immediate. Healing takes time.